Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Hello and welcome to worship. If I haven't met you before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. If this is your first time to tune in with us at Kindred, we're especially glad that you have joined us. Uh, You know, sometimes in life we go through hard seasons and when we're in a hard season, we can run up against some really hard questions, sometimes some really hard questions uh, of faith. So today we're going to be thinking about one of those hard questions that we sometimes run into and we're going to get the answer to that question and we're going to see the difference that it makes when we can stay focused on the answer to this question. So I think this is uh, uh, important for all of us to to think about and I'm excited to get into this with you. Uh, But first, our scripture reading reading for today is from Revelation 21, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 6, and it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. He also said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, all is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will freely give water from the life-giving spring. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, We'll come back to that passage from Revelation in in just a second, but first a quick story, and some of you may uh, remember this story, but uh, one day uh, Jesus was with the disciples in a boat. They were crossing the Sea of Galilee, and uh, they probably could have waited until the the next morning to to cross, but they decided to go ahead and cross the sea uh, during the evening because the weather was so nice, they decided it would be nice to have a little sunset cruise, you know. Uh, The Sea of Galilee is about eight miles wide, and uh, for the first four miles of their, their journey, everything was fine, everything was good, the weather was calm, just beautiful night. Uh, it was so calm and relaxing that at a certain point, Jesus decides he's going to lay down in the boat and take uh, a nap. So far, so good. But about four miles into this eight-mile journey, suddenly out of nowhere, this massive storm just comes up uh, over the, the sea, and suddenly it gets really, really dangerous really, really fast. This storm brings uh, thunder and and lightning, but also wind. So the wind starts whipping the boat all around and they lose all control of the the boat. And then these huge waves start coming and the waves are, are crashing on the boat. And that's super dangerous because even if the waves don't actually break the boat to smithereens, which is quite possible, uh, still the boat is taking on so much water that pretty soon the boat is, is going to sink. 
Now, some of Jesus' disciples had been fishermen prior to becoming full-time disciples, and they had spent a ton of time on this very sea. So, so they knew a lot about boats and, and boat safety and, and that kind of thing, but this was unlike any storm they had ever seen before in their lives. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The, the Perfect Storm, uh, but this was sort of like the last scene in that movie in, in many ways. I mean, all the disciples, these former fishermen included, they were just convinced that they were, were going to die. They, they were in an all-out panic. Well, at a certain point in the midst of all of this, as they're bailing water and, and freaking out, uh, they realize they haven't heard from Jesus in a while. So they look over to see what Jesus is doing. And I guess Jesus was an incredibly deep sleeper because despite the fact that the wind is whipping the boat all around and there's thunder and there's lightning, despite the fact that there's waves crashing over the side of the boat, despite the fact that all the disciples are like screaming in terror, somehow Jesus is just sound asleep. And the disciples are, are just like dumbfounded by this. And so they, they crawl over to Jesus and they use what might be their very final breaths in this life to, to ask Jesus a question. They shake him awake and then they, they ask Jesus this question. Now, what do you think the disciples asked Jesus in this moment? I wonder what question you would have asked Jesus in this moment. You, you may not have been through a, a literal storm like this, but you've been through some storms in your life, I'm sure. You've been through some times when you were panicking and you were overwhelmed and you were pretty sure that you weren't gonna make it. So I wonder what kind of questions you asked God in those moments, you know, moments when maybe you've had a, a loved one who was very, very sick or maybe you were desperately trying to make ends meet financially, but you were just drowning in expenses. You were just drowning in, in debt, and, and the future looked very, very bleak. Maybe you've been through a time when you were trying to find a job, and you were applying and interviewing and applying and, and interviewing, but it seemed like every time you got a call back, if you got a call back at all, it was just for them to say, sorry, we've decided to go in a different direction. Maybe, maybe you've been through a storm when your child was struggling and you were doing everything you knew to do to, to help them, but it seemed like none of it was, was working. Uh, maybe you've just lived through a once-in-a-century global pandemic. And it seemed like everything in the world just kept getting worse and, and things never seemed to, to get better. You know what it's like to go through a, a storm. So I wonder what kind of questions do you find yourself asking God when you're in that place? Uh, sometimes we ask big kind of macro questions like, uh, God, is good really stronger than, than evil? But Because it sure doesn't seem like it. But other times, and probably more often, when we're in a storm like that, that the kinds of questions that we ask are, are much more personal. It's less like about good versus evil, and, and it's more about just us and, and God. Well, in the middle of this storm, that the question that the disciples choose to ask Jesus with what might be their dying breaths, the question they choose to ask Jesus is, is much more personal. They, they shake Jesus awake, and they ask Jesus this. This is from Mark chapter 4, verse 4. They say, Teacher, don't you care? that we're drowning? Te teacher, don't you care? And the implication here is that, you know, given the circumstances, namely that we're about to die, Jesus, and, and given the fact that, that you're asleep, given this lack of response, Jesus, it sure seems like you don't care. How many of us have been through a time when we've 
found ourselves asking a, a similar question like, like, God, you see what I'm going through here, right? God, you see how wrong this is. God, you see how overwhelmed I am, right? Don't you care, God? Don't you care? And if you've ever been through a time when you've wrestled deeply with that question, you know how much that question can, can kind of shake us to our very core. Because think about what hangs in the balance of that question. I mean, if God doesn't care, what does that mean for our future? If God doesn't care, where in the world can we find hope in the face of an overwhelming storm, right? The implications are, are huge. So, so we need an answer to this question. We need an answer to this question of, of God, don't you care? So that's what I want us to, to think about together today. Uh, that this question of, of does God care? And if so, how much does God care? These are super important questions for us. Super important questions. Well, uh, one of the disciples in the, the boat with Jesus that day uh, was a guy named John. John was a, a former fisherman, and uh, John ended up surviving that wild storm. In fact, all the disciples ended up surviving because after they woke Jesus up, Jesus was able to miraculously calm the, the storm, so, so everything worked out fine for, for them. Uh, John ends up following Jesus uh, through the, the, you know, the crucifixion and the resurrection, and then after the, the resurrection, uh, John becomes a, a very prominent leader in the, the early church. So fast forward to the very end of John's life, and this is towards the end of the first century now, when John is a very, very old man, and he's done so much work to help get the, the first generation of the church started. Uh, John gets a report about this group of Christians who lived, again, late first century in what is today Turkey. And these Christians that John hears about, uh, they were going through a, a great storm of their own. Not a literal storm like John had been through on the boat with Jesus, but, but they're going through a storm of persecution, very severe persecution. Uh, the, this group of first century Christians was looking around and, and everywhere they looked, it felt like evil was winning. And in the midst of that, those Christians were asking the same question that John had asked Jesus in the boat. They were asking the same question that, that we often ask when we're in a storm ourselves. They were wondering, they were doubting, God, don't you care? Don't you care? Well, John was moved by this, and he felt compelled to write these Christians a letter of support and a letter of encouragement and, and guidance. And we now know this letter as the book of Revelation. It's the very last book in, uh, in our Bibles. And uh, as uh, here in uh, chapter 21 of Revelation, towards the, the end of this letter that, that John wrote, uh, part of what John is doing here is he's, he's addressing this question. He's giving these Christians an, an answer that they so desperately need to this question of, God, don't you care? Don't you care? So, so what did John say? I want to take a look at this with you uh, because what John says here is so powerful. And the answer to this question that John gives here uh, made an extraordinary difference in the lives of the people that he was originally writing to. But because it made its way into the, the Bible, uh, this has also continued to, to make an extraordinary difference in the lives of Christians for nearly 2,000 years now. So what does John say? 
Well, the way that John comes at this question, I think, is, is really fascinating because instead of pointing us backwards, John points us forwards. And here's what I mean by that. One approach to this question of God, don't you care, would be to, to look at the past and to say, look at what God has already done for you in, in so many ways. All of that is evidence of, of how much God cares for you. And that's a good thing to reflect on. And certainly many other parts of the New Testament would, would point us backwards to, to remind us of what God has already done for us. Uh, but Revelation is a book that doesn't tend to look backwards so much as it, it looks forward. And so here in this passage, what we see John doing is he points us to the future. And John is basically telling us here, uh, he's saying, look, I'm, I'm not just going to tell you that God cares for you, but John says, I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to paint you a picture. I'm going to show you just how much God cares for you. Uh, so to do that, uh, John gives us this vision of the, the future. And, and here's what he says. At the beginning of the passage, John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the former heaven, and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. So at the beginning of the passage here, John is starting out with the, the kind of macro question of, is good stronger than evil? Sometimes we wonder this, and John says, yes, uh, absolutely. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that God creates. And, uh, and when God creates that, there's going to be no evil left uh, at all. John even mentions that, uh, that the sea will be no more. I don't necessarily think he means that uh, literally, but it, it seems like he's reflecting on his own experience on the sea, on the boat in that storm with, with Jesus. Uh, then John goes on and he says, I heard a loud voice from the throne say, look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples. God himself will be with them as their God. John is now emphasizing God's commitment to humanity in general. But what John says next is, is what I really want us to, to focus on. Listen to this, uh, because here uh, John moves us from these macro questions, God's commitment to, to good over evil, God's commitment to humanity, and, and John moves us to the, the micro. John makes it very, very personal for us here. It's like John is saying, you want to know how much God cares about you? Not just how much God cares about the world, not just how much God cares about humanity in general, that, that's important, but you want to know how much God cares about you specifically, I'll tell you, John says. So this is Revelation 21, verse 4. John says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now he's talking about you and he's, he's talking about me. What John is saying here is that, that God cares so much about you that God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Now, I want us to, to take a minute to, to unpack that verse uh, because it would be really easy for us to, to just kind of read past this and think, oh, God will wipe away every tear from my eye. Well, that's kind of a sweet uh, image. But, but actually, when, the more you think about it, the implications uh, of this are, are just mind-blowing. So a few implications of this image of God wiping away every tear. First, if it's true that God really will wipe away every tear from our eyes, then what that means is that the God of the universe knows about every single tear that you have ever cried. That the God of the universe, the God who made atoms and molecules, that the God who's made galaxies and, and black holes, the same God knows about every tear that you have ever 
cried. The, the Greek word that John uses there is pan. Pan literally means every. So, so John is not just saying here that God is going to wipe away a lot of your tears. John's not just saying that God is going to wipe away most of your tears. John is saying literally God is going to wipe away every tear from your eyes. Think about every tear that you have ever cried. You know, from the moment that you were born, you, you came into this world and I came into this world crying. And God knows about every single one of those tears. When you were a toddler and some other kids took your toy and you started crying, God knows about every tear. When you were a teenager and you went through your first breakup, God knows about every tear. If, if you lost a parent, God knows about every tear. If your marriage has come to an end, God knows about those tears. If your child is struggling with something and you're at the end of your rope with, with that, God knows about every tear. That's how intimately connected God is with you and, and with your life. And just think, like, do you remember every tear that you've ever cried? I don't remember every tear I've cried. I don't think any of us can possibly remember every tear we've cried, but God remembers and God knows. That's what this is telling us. And that's how intimately connected God is with us. It shows us that God actually knows us better than we know ourselves. That's how well God knows us. And not only that, but, but another implication of this, if it's true that God will wipe away every tear uh, from our eyes, it means that God doesn't just know about every tear in like some passive kind of way, but God cares about every tear. So much so that God will take the time to wipe every single tear away. It's such a, a tender image. Now, this doesn't mean that God cares about every single one of our tears for the same reason that we care about uh, our tears. I mean, like when I was a, a child, uh, on occasion, I would be disrespectful to my mother. And sometimes when I did that, uh, I wasn't allowed to have ice cream after dinner. And I would cry because I couldn't have ice cream. Now, in hindsight, I'm pretty sure God was not on my side of that one. I think God wanted me to learn to respect my mother. But nevertheless, God cares about those tears that I cried. Not for the same reason as me, but because God cares uh, about me and God cares about you uh, as well. Final implication I want to highlight for us of, of this verse, and this may sound kind of weird, but, but it's actually uh, pretty amazing that, that if it's true that God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, one of the things that means is that God feels so close to us that God feels comfortable touching our face. I mean, you have to touch our face if you're going to wipe away our tears, right? God feels so comfortable with us that, that God touches our face. Think about the, what that means for how God relates to us. I mean, just imagine, just imagine that if you and I were, were talking in, in person and imagine that as we're talking, uh, I just reach out and I just start touching your face, touching your cheeks, Maybe. How would you respond to that? How would you react? Uh, when I was in high school, um, Ludacris had a song that went, get back, get back, you don't know me like that. Uh, I think that if I was to just randomly reach out and start touching your face, you would say, get back, you don't know me like that, right? It would be inappropriate because I don't know you that well. And the only people who touch our face are people that we're most intimately connected with, right? Like parents. You know, sometimes we know our, our children will reach up and and touch our face, all right? My kids, if I don't shave for a couple of days, they'll reach up and, and they'll touch my cheeks. They think it's funny that, I, that it gets scratchy, you know? Uh, or some of you, you may have parents or, or grandparents who when they lean in to, to give you a kiss, they, they hold 
your face. Or, you know, sometimes when we're with our romantic partner and things are getting a little steamy, they might begin to caress our face. I won't say any more about that. But the point is, the only people who touch our face are the people we're most intimately connected with. Well, John is telling us here, God feels so intimately connected with us that God feels comfortable touching our face and it's not going to be weird and it's not going to be awkward and it's not going to be inappropriate because whether you realize it or not, God feels close enough with you to, to do something so tender and, and so intimate. So here's the bottom line with, uh, with all of this. You know, when we're in a storm, when we're in a time when it feels like evil is winning, we can sometimes begin to question and doubt God. Don't you care? But in this passage, John is showing us emphatically, yes, God cares. Sometimes based on the circumstances, it can seem like God doesn't care. But John is saying, don't fall for how it seems. Remember, there's a plot twist coming. And it turns out that God absolutely cares for you more than you can even imagine. God doesn't just care about this world in general. God doesn't just care about humanity in general. God cares about you more than you can even imagine. Uh, there's a theologian named Sam Wells. Uh, he's also a, an Episcopal uh, priest, Anglican priest, I guess I should say. Uh, he used to be the dean of Duke Chapel uh, here in Durham, actually, but he's British and now he's back over uh, in England. But uh, I love the way that Sam Wells uh, puts this. He says, uh, God loves everyone, but God loves you like you're the only one. God loves everyone, but God loves you like you're the only one. That's what John is getting at when he gives us this, this tender image. And he says, God cares about you enough to wipe away every tear from your eyes. Now, I personally find all of this deeply comforting, and, and I hope you do too. Uh, but, but there's a challenge for us here. And the challenge is, uh, how are we going to remember this the next time we get hit with a storm? How are we going to remember this the next time that we need it? Because here's the thing. Look, uh, most of what we've been talking about in this sermon is not new information to you, I would guess. You know, like if I gave you a quiz before this sermon began and I just asked you uh, one question, uh, true, false, God cares about me. Uh, every single one of you, I'm guessing, would have marked true. So it, the problem is not that we don't know this. The problem is that when the storm hits, we forget this and we, we begin to doubt this and, and, and we question this. So what's our plan? How are we going to remember this the next time that we need it? Here's my suggestion. It's so important for each one of us that we have habits, that we have rhythms in our life that can keep us connected to this foundational truth, that can keep us tethered to how much God cares for us so that in those stormy times when we're tempted to doubt it, we can remember. And here's just a few ways that, that we can have those rhythms, we can have those habits in uh, our lives. One is weekly worship. I don't know I say this a lot, but this is so important. Weekly worship is the foundational practice of the Christian life. And if you get in the habit of, of weekly worship, you're going to have a built-in reminder in your life every single week of how much God cares for you. Uh, and that's so important. 
So if that's not already a part of your weekly routine, make worship a part of your weekly routine. Another way that we can establish a habit that keeps us tethered to this is through daily prayer. You know, if we're in the habit of, of praying on a daily basis, we're going to get a daily reminder of how much God cares. If you're not sure where to begin with that, uh, we just finished a sermon series last month called uh, the, uh, uh, that was uh, on the Lord's Prayer. And that's got some great uh, suggestions in that sermon series for, for ways to begin to pray uh, on your own. So definitely uh, you can get on the podcast or, or uh, on the worship videos and, and check that out. Um, another great uh, rhythm, a great habit is to just make sure that we're investing in Christian community. Uh, so if you get involved with our church, if you volunteer on Sunday mornings, if you show up to events outside of worship, you're going to make friends, you're going to uh, meet people, you're going to develop relationships with people who can speak into your life and who can embody God's care for you in a way that's going to remind you of how deeply God cares uh, next time you need to remember it. Uh, all of these are our ways that we can stay tethered to this truth. Now, none of us know when's the next time that the storm is going to hit in our lives, right? And none of us know uh, when's the next time we're going to find ourselves questioning, God, don't you care? But imagine, imagine if next time we're in that place, we can answer with confidence, yes, God absolutely cares. God cares about me more than I can even uh, begin to, to wrap my mind around. Imagine the difference it would make. Imagine the peace that you would have as a result of that. Imagine the confidence. Imagine the, the, the sense of security that you would feel, the sense of belovedness that you would have. All of that is possible for us if we stay tethered to this truth, if we keep these rhythms in our lives that connect us to this foundational truth that John is telling us here, that God cares so much about you that God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and uh, loving God, we thank you for your tender uh, mercy and your tender love for us. Lord, we don't know why we have to go through hard seasons. We don't know why we have to face uh, storms. These are, are big questions that, uh, that are tough to wrap our minds around God. Uh, but we're so grateful that you're present with us in the storms. And we're thankful for uh, these kinds of affirmations and these promises and these images uh, of your deep care for us, God. Uh, next time that we're in the middle of a storm, and there may be some of us who are in the middle of a storm right now, God, uh, keep us tethered to this truth that you care about us so, so deeply that you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Uh, we love you, Jesus, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. Well, a few things here, friends, before we go. Uh, first thing is, if you're new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you, um, but I need your contact information in order to, to do that. So click the connect uh, button, uh, the connect link in the description here, and I'll reach out to you this week. Would love to say hey. Uh, also, we are having an event um, next Sunday. That's May 22nd at Highwire Brewery in downtown Durham. Uh, you can get the details uh, about that in the, the newsletter, which is also linked in the description. But this is a perfect time 
time for you to come out and, uh, and meet some new folks uh, in our community. Also, if you're local and you haven't been to in-person worship or you're not in the habit of that, uh, I would encourage you to, to come and uh, check us out in person. You can get the details about how to do that on our website. It's kindrednc.church. And then finally, uh, click, uh, click the uh, newsletter link in the, in the description, and uh, that has some updates for you and some ways that you can get involved in our community. Uh, Well, friends, uh, remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Listeners, this free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.